Creatures of the Night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 177 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is uncut, uncooked. Uncensored, Mr. Travis White. Travis, I am so glad to be joined by you here for this very special episode, but that's not all. We got another guest on the Skype call this evening. He is somebody that you guys, our loyal listeners, have heard from very often on our show. He has come through with so many awesome stories. Travis, you say at the end of every episode, if you were there, we want to hear from you. And this guy has been to some awesome shows. He's shared some awesome stories. He's been a supporter and friend of the show for so long. We had to have him on the show uh, before we close things up here in a few months. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Watch along, Tommy. Tommy on the spot. Tommy, thank you for coming on Talking Taker. Uh, it's great to be here, guys. Thanks so much for, for having me on. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, and I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I, I don't even need to know your last name. You're just Watch Along Tommy to us. That's, Tommy, that's, for, <laughs> that's forever who you'll be to us. So, Dude, uh, my, my favorite Who album, man. That's it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> well, we are so glad that you are able to finally join us in person and share some Taker stories with us. And because we have Watch Along Tommy on the show, we are going to do a Watch Along here tonight. A very special Watch Along. Um, it's the 28th anniversary. Not a special anniversary, but you know, we're never we're not going to get to the 30th anniversary because we're going to run out of episodes right. to do. So we're going to talk about the 28th anniversary of the very first episode of Monday Night Raw. And of Raw. course, as we all know, exactly, that featured The Undertaker in the main event against... Uh, Hall of Fame opponent Damian Demento, of course, <laughs> who could forget? But uh, we're going to do the whole episode of Raw. It's only 45 minutes, so we're going to uh, talk over it, uh, try to be entertaining and funny over that. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a little while. But first, we want to hear from Tommy. We, we want to know about you. Uh, we know that you are a big Undertaker fan. You're wearing an Undertaker shirt, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's why you became a, a supporter and listener of the show uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your wrestling fandom journey like when did you first become a wrestling fan and what are your early earliest memories of this guy called the undertaker yeah so um i've been a wrestling fan pretty much my entire life you know uh when my when i was a little kid my mother worked every saturday and sunday so i was just with my dad and he'd just kind of sit me on my little rocker and we'd watch wrestling all day long every single day like pretty much when I was just a couple months old. And uh, at that moment is when I really just, uh, from that moment on, I've just always been a fan of wrestling. Uh, I know you guys are big WCW guys, uh, being from from down south. But for us, uh, probably because my parents didn't want to have to spend any more than, like, however much it was for every pay-per-view every month uh, for WWF, uh, we I was kind of steered away from WCW. So, <laughs> uh, I think we did like the first Hogan show, Bash of the Beach '94 against Flair. Nice. And then I was like, "This is great! I'm going to get two shows a month." And my parents were quick to be like, "Hey, 
that isn't happening. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been I've been a fan ever since. Uh, I've been going to shows since I can remember. Uh, I've gone to like some really kind of awkwardy type of fun little like I was uh, aboard the USS Intrepid when Lex Luger body slammed you. <laughs> what? And, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so, like, oh, wow. I think it was like my whatever my father wants. Like, I didn't go to obviously Raws and pay per views when I was little because my parents, you know, school night and all that. Yeah. Um, but I think whatever my father wanted to go to, uh, he would just take me along. So, like, I went to that. I went to uh, the Fan Fest for WrestleMania 10. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I went to the uh, the public workout for WrestleMania 11 in Times yeah. Square with uh, Lawrence Taylor because my uncle's a big Giants fan so like they all went to oh. go see him and I got to go along and I'm like this is incredible like this is a ring that was a big deal like for us down south he, he wasn't that big of an icon but for mm-hmm. you guys he's a big deal wasn't he yeah oh yeah, yeah. He, was, he was huge and so for us like that Wrestlemania in our family was held at like the highest esteem every year we go back <laughs> we watch LT vs. Bam Bam and I'm like <laughs> I got older I was like man this show is really bad but like <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell them now, like guys, the show is not a good one. Um, so my earliest memories of the Undertaker, for the most part, are like uh, yeah, I, I liked him a lot. I was petrified of him when I was little, like petrified. And there, there were these certain shows of his where, like, my dad would label the tapes like "Do not watch" because of how petrified I was of certain aspects of it. But like <laughs> Royal Rumble 1993, it said "Big Scary Guy Attacks Undertaker." Do not watch. It was afraid of the Giant Gonzalez. Uh, Royal Rumble 94 was good like, advice. Boring. What's that? It's like good advice. Do not watch Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, I know, for sure. Uh, like we're Rumble 94 when he goes and he dies and he like ascends to the heavens. Forget it. Didn't even watch the Rumble. We turned it off. No. Like, That's I one of my favorite moments. Off. I loved that as a kid. Well, and then like growing up, I was like, oh, that's really, that was really cool. But like that day I was like scared. Oh, I wow. Died. I just watched it die and rise to the heavens. So <laughs> that stuff for me was like. You know, but over over time, like I uh, just grew such an appreciation for the fact that this poor guy had to wrestle everyone who was like pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, that's Every something big we guy have. Who came in, like was just fed to this guy, and just kind of uh, you know just kind of did his thing, and uh, you know, and and so because my parents didn't take me to pay per views and to Raws, once I was like at that age where I felt like I could start to go, I just tried to go to like as many shows as I possibly could, and normally I try to like time into a weekend because like. A lot of my friends don't love wrestling. Uh, my wife now watches it somewhat, but like we're, they're not like super fans. So I was like, make it around a weekend trip, and so it's allowed me to go. I think I've gone to like six WrestleManias, six SummerSlams, uh, five Royal Rumbles, something like that. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's incredible. And and if I recall, your first WrestleMania was a WrestleMania that we were at. Is that right? WrestleMania twenty seven. That was your first That's one. Right. Yeah. That is right. Yep, down in Atlanta. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, we had gone to Atlanta for uh, Royal Rumble 2010, um, and then on the way home from Royal Rumble 2010, we heard on the radio that it, if WrestleMania was coming the next year, and my friend was like, "Oh, we we got to come back," and I literally was like, "Whole year, like we're going back." He was like, "That's kind of half joking," but we we did, and we went for it. And like that WrestleMania, I know a lot of people dog on that mania, but, but for me, like the build for that WrestleMania in 2011 with The Rock coming back and Triple A, Undertaker returning for the the two eleven eleven videos, and then he shows up, and then Hunter shows up right after him. They both just look at the sign. It's like away we go. Like I, I love that show, and so uh, yeah, I thought that was a really fun WrestleMania for sure, and that was my first one. Yeah, I think Travis and I both 
or, or sentimental about that one. Like I, I can yeah. see why uh, other people don't like it, but you know, it'll always be special for us just uh, for being there. We had a great oh, yeah. time there. Okay. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that, and, and and I think Taker and Triple H stole the show that night. I think they were the best match yep. on the show. Absolutely. So, um, do you have a favorite Undertaker match that you have been able to watch live? That's a, that's a really good one. So, I mean, I was there for uh, thirty when he lost the streak. Uh, not a, not a great match, but the moment for me. Because I was building, I, for so long, The Undertaker has this streak. And like it's like, you never think it's going to be broken. But, of course, as a fan, if it is ever broken, you want to be there when it is. So, right. you know, I'd say for, like, moment-wise, that, for me, was just something that I, I couldn't believe. Like, The Undertaker actually lost the streak, lost to Lesnar. Um, and I was just blown away by it. Uh, but you were, yeah, like, you were rooting for Lesnar, if I recall. That is, that is very <laughs> true. Uh, I was t- a total heel. Well, the whole weekend, my wife was running around, and you know, we're at Access, and uh, everyone's talking about Lesnar versus Undertaker, and my wife just kept saying, like, oh, Brock's definitely going to win. And when she did, people would get upset. They'd be like, you know, you can't say that. Undertaker's not going to lose to Lesnar. And she'd say, no, like, listen, this older guy, there's no way this old man is going to beat Lesnar. It would just destroy any credibility that Brock Lesnar has. And, uh, I, and she had convinced me that, like, maybe there was a chance. But... Uh, I didn't in a million years think it would actually happen. So once it did, it was one of these things where, like, everyone was so shocked. We were, like, going nuts. Like, I I equate it to uh, John Wetland in the 1996 World Series with the Yankees. Like, when they beat, you know, unfortunately, you know, you're, you're, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. But when he, like, goes up, he puts his hand in it. And we were just going nuts. And people around us were so upset. Uh, I think that was, like, for me, it was so surprising to see how many people, like, legitimately left the show, uh, were, like, in tears, and I was just, I was, I was so surprised, but uh, it makes sense. I mean, the guy had the streak for so long, people took it real serious, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, without question. I mean, uh, that the fandom that The Undertaker has, it, it's so passionate and it's so deep with so many people that we have talked to. I mean, we've always said we, we're not like the most hardcore of hardcore Undertaker fans. We love him and we appreciate him. And we've obviously dedicated uh, three and a half years of our life to covering him. But there are so many people that um, worship the guy and, and, and that streak held in such high regard. Yeah, I guess it's really not that surprising that they had such emotional reactions to it on that night. Yeah, I mean, there was someone at the end of our row that literally was trying to, to come at us. Like, he was so unhappy. <laughs> and he, was, he and I were having a great conversation to start the show, but when Undertaker lost, <laughs> I was up cheering, and I'm doing the, the Lesnar dance, and I'm getting all excited. I was like, I can't believe this is happening, and he was, uh, he was having none of it. So, <laughs> it was really uh, it was interesting. and uh, But again, I mean, that so that, that, that probably moment there. Uh, matches for me, I'm trying to think of like, so my first ever house show was main evented uh, by The Undertaker. First ever wrestling show I went to, Undertaker versus Ric Flair. Um, oh, nice. What? Yeah, 1992 at Madison Square Garden. Oh and, my uh, gosh. My dad had gotten us uh, ringside seats. And he uh, <laughs> ended up, but because Papa Shango was on the show and I was afraid of him, pet, like, I thought he was the scariest <laughs> man ever. We traded our seats for a few rows back. My dad was so happy with me. Um, and, and for years, like, I'd be so afraid of wrestling. And really, I mean, what, what, what me, even though I loved wrestling, like, I, you know, I thought it was real. So for me, yeah. like, I was really afraid. And it was actually at uh, 
FanFest at, at WrestleMania 10 where I refused to meet everyone because I was like concerned a heel was going to attack my dad and I didn't want anything. And uh, so I was, I was crying and I was all upset in a corner and Howard Finkel came over to me and he said like, what's wrong? And I told him, ah, you know, I'm, I'm just so afraid of all these heels and I just don't want to go to the bad guys come after us. And he was like, listen, kid, he's like, these guys, if they ever attack a fan, they're going to get fined and they're going to lose a lot of money and they don't want to do that. So you never need to worry. And literally that was it. And I stopped being afraid right then and there. I was like, they're always cool. Coming through, dude. What, yeah, what dude. a great story. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Man, if you don't mind, you shared a really awesome story uh, that that we kind of summarized about you and your dad, uh, about uh, a WrestleMania match uh, that you got to watch with him uh, towards the towards uh, the end of his life. Um, and I know that was yeah. so special for you. Um, would you mind sharing that uh, to our listeners again? You know, I thought it was just such a great story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so I, you know, when my dad was alive, I'd gone to, I guess, three manias, so 27, uh, 30, and 31. And he was just got such a kick out of it. And I remember 31, uh, I'm texting with him from there, and he's telling me, he's like, there's one thing's for sure, The Rock's not going to be there because he was on SNL last night hosting SNL. And so if you think about that WrestleMania, they flew The Rock in via the jet to get him at the show. They then had Rollins cash in, took the jet back to New York for today's show and then back to California for mm-hmm. Raw up the next night. Like, I'm just like, it's so crazy the yeah. length you go. Uh, but yeah, so my dad, he was a huge Undertaker fan growing up. And like, he and I had gone to uh, Survivor Series 02 together. That was probably the only pay-per-view we did. But like every show growing up, it was always me and my dad who would go to all these things. And uh, he just got such a kick out of the idea that like I was at WrestleMania. So I'd always come home and every year after WrestleMania, we'd watch uh, different matches and different things from the show. And he'd immediately go to the Attitude Era guys, you know, who'd Triple H fight, who'd The Undertaker fight. Like, he never wanted to progress with the times. Like, he didn't really like John Cena. <laughs> didn't really like, I think, like, he stopped with, with Lesnar and, uh, and Goldberg. Those were, like, his last, like, guys he got really behind. And then he kind of just lost interest. But he'd always ask about those guys. And so uh, when I was at uh, 31, I came back and he said, you know, uh, well, who'd Undertaker fight? And I said, oh, he fought. Bray Wyatt, and I'm trying to show him like you gotta see this Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. He's having none of it. He's like, I no, we gotta we gotta see this. He's like, who's this Bray Wyatt guy? And I explained to him that he's this young guy. He's the son of IRS. My dad just thought this was like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> he's like, IRS is that old? He's like, oh my gosh. So we watched uh, that match together, and he was so into it. And he was just like, wow, Undertaker still does this thing for an old man. Like he's he's just great. And uh, so yeah, we got to watch that match, and. Uh, unfortunately passed away uh at the end of 2015 so uh that match and that show in general will always hold place for me um you know at that at that point for sure that's sweet man yeah, yeah. i think that's awesome i love that you get to have that connection with him through wrestling uh my dad it was the bane of his existence <laughs> me watching oh, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so well, i think i think my my parents liked it but they were always really concerned i was gonna do it because like literally i went out when i first like i saved up all my money in 2001 so i can go to a bj's and buy a mattress so i could just take bumps on the floor and watch tough enough and try to train myself with al snow and try to do all these things. So, like I was really into it. I had like an entire, like a basement wrestling league that I like came up with and like put out all the matches and all the characters and everything. So like, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life, like for sure. Um, and so uh, I think they were a little concerned about that, but 
other than that, they were they they were all on board. And it's tough because you you know as you guys mentioned, I think when you guys were talking with uh, with Randy Turco about the uh, the difficulty of you know I think Travis said he's more of a WCW guy because of the Attitude Era. It was tough to watch these things that are like suddenly you're going from watching all these like really fun hero versus villain stories to like all of a sudden seeing like half naked women and yeah. cursing yeah. and all these things. Like my parents were like, we have no choice here. He's already ingrained in this. But yeah. like if you had started watching at that age, no chance would we allow that to happen. So Mm-mm. it's really, really <laughs> tough for sure. Yeah. I, I had uh, months at a time maybe like a month or so at a time where I'd be put on restriction because my parents would walk in and see, I don't know, Deborah showing off the puppies or something. They were like, yeah. you no, you're not watching this anymore. <laughs> like, uh, I, I got the, um, I think it was WWF The Music Volume 4. Uh, oh, I don't know okay. what song was on it, but something that they were like, they heard Billy me Gunn. listening to it. Yeah, maybe it was Billy Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, were just like, nope. Or Austin, like <laughs> Taking that away. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah, uh, could have been Austin, rock song, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I had, a, I had a few of those too. I remember for us, it was like um, in 2000, the WrestleMania 12, and uh, Roddy Piper pulls off Goldust clothes to reveal he's wearing <laughs> panties. And my dad legitimately called Titan Tower and left him a scathing voice. <laughs> You used to be a family product that we'll never watch again. And all this it was really funny, but uh, yeah, I mean, it really was. It was. It's it's crazy through the years of like how it's changed. But I feel like I've always watched. Like I, I never yeah. fully, uh, took. Like I know you guys took the break, obviously, uh, when the Benoit thing happened. Um, and I thought about doing that. The thing was, I'd already had tickets for SummerSlam. The SummerSlam was in. Can't give those up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, we were like, well, we already have tickets for SummerSlam. So even though, like, this incredibly scary thing happened, we still went and did, you know, went to SummerSlam that kind of like rejuvenated us. But as far as actually, just because I, I was going to circle back to your, your question about great matches uh, that I've been to for The Undertaker, yeah. um, one of the ones that's always my favorite is uh, the, the match right before Survivor Series 2009, where he comes out and he has the full Druid entrance, and it's at a, a Raw. From Madison Square Garden, and it's uh, it's Taker, yep. Taker and Cena against DX against Big Show and Jericho, and uh, awesome. I was convinced. I was like, "This is going to be my last chance to see the Undertaker." Like, definitely winding <laughs> down. This is it. And uh, it's eleven years ago. <laughs> yeah, eleven years ago, and he, and he does he does leave. But uh, actually, the shirt I'm wearing uh, here is actually the Undertaker MSG shirt from the last time he was there. Sweet. Which might have been his last. That appearance. really might be his what? last time there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. we say that six man, the six man with him and uh, who is it? Him and against Elias. It's him and Braun and somebody Roman maybe against yeah, Elias. Yeah, he did a house and, show there. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Elias and Kevin yeah. Owens and somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll so. cover that in a few weeks. So yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to these. I know you guys are probably like, oh man, these are some rough ones coming up. But uh, these these shows, I think, are like. Uh, really fun, kind of quirky little like Undertaker versus Ke- like Rusev from mm-hmm. uh, like Saudi Arabia and the Undertaker Goldberg <laughs> match, which was kind of sad. But like, there's some fun like uh, you guys get to go through the whole like Brothers of Destruction versus DX saga in a couple yeah. of months, and so uh, yep. so that, that'll be a fun way to, to kind of uh, wrap things up for sure. 
I was about to say, I mean, we knew what we signed up for, but we didn't. We didn't know those matches were going to happen when we started the podcast, so we didn't know we signed up for that, but uh, (laughs) it'll be all right. We're going to have fun with it, and and we're glad you have been along for the ride, Tommy. It's been fun getting to talk with you and uh, get to know you uh, through the years, and then especially to have you on the show tonight. You're you're like the Forrest Gump uh, of Undertaker and wrestling. (laughs) I mean, you've been on the Intrepid, man. I could talk to you about that for a whole two hours. I could do a podcast. That's one of my favorite wrestling memories as I was a kid, watching Luger. Man, I loved Lex Luger during that run. I was was seven years old. I was perfect for All-American Lex Luger. I bought into it 100%. I'll I'll tell you a quick All-American Lex Luger story. I'd gone to a uh, house show with my mother, and I was wearing a Bret Hart shirt. She was wearing a uh, All-American Lex Luger, like the big American flag with Luger in front of it T-shirt. And we were chosen to go backstage and walk Lex Luger down and wave the flag at a house show. And wow. uh, I, I, I tricked out, though. Because uh, no. he was fighting Yokozuna. I thought Yokozuna was going to be mean. And so I didn't do it. And my mom was so unhappy with me. To this day, continues to bring it up about, like, what a bad decision that was. Tommy! Come on, Tommy. man. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Missed really opportunity. Rough. It may be an even better story that you turned it down. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you did what LeBron James did to take her a few weeks ago. We talked about it. Big that, nah, I'm good. <laughs> that is, I, I had forgotten all of I give you guys a lot of credit for pulling that one out because I had forgotten that on this, uh, this the Undertaker button. That's so weird. You gotta love it like someone in the organization thought, oh, well, he's wearing an Undertaker shirt. Clearly right before a game, he's gonna want to meet the Undertaker. And then uh, he stood the Undertaker up. Yeah. Yeah, missed uh, miscommunication on both sides there, sadly. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, we are gonna jump into it here. Uh, like we said, we're doing the first episode of Monday Night Raw, so we want to invite you all to join us on the WWE Network. Uh, we're gonna queue it up, um, and really, there's nothing really to queue up. You just gotta go find episode one, January eleventh, nineteen ninety three. And uh, you're going to go to zero, 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 zero. So you're going to skip through whatever crappy progressive ad is going to come up on your on your network. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sick Owens, of seeing uh, those. Chronicle ad. So oh I had my an actual gosh, WWE man. ad. So it was nice. Better than uh, progressive. I slightly better than that. But uh, while you guys are getting that ready and, and getting ready to match up with us and, and turn the volume down on the network so you hear our commentary... There's no real good time to jump into this, uh, but uh, I know all three of us did want to mention and pay our respects uh, to the late uh, John Huber, a.k.a. Uh, Brody Lee, and uh, as we talked about him on this podcast, he was Luke Harper, and the WWE passed away over the weekend at uh, only 41 years old. Just very tragic, very sad story. Uh, we just covered him on the show just a few weeks ago. He mm-hmm. did get to have a pay-per-view match with The Undertaker uh, as he teamed up with Bray Wyatt against the Brothers of Destruction at Undertaker's 25th anniversary, which is such yeah. a cool moment uh, and memory. Um, actually I, I watched, uh, his, it's called formerly known as on the yeah. WWE network. And he talked about that. He said, you know, I keep, I have all of these old, uh, posters and stuff from my matches. I have the poster from when I fought undertaker or the match card and stuff. And, and that was so cool to hear him say. And, uh, Travis, I know, uh, you have always, uh, you were always a big fan of his. Yeah. You talked about that a bit on the podcast, um, Man, just I don't even know what to say. Just what, what what are some of your favorite memories? How are you going to remember Luke Harper? 
Yeah, I um, I was familiar with his stuff from the Indies before he even got to FCW, and then obviously he was a vital part of the Wyatt family. You could uh, obviously Bray was the the crux of it, but you could um, he was the worker in the Wyatt family. Bray was the he had the aura, the presence, the character, but Luke was the, the worker. You could interchange Braun and Eric Rowan for, or who, you could have added any other big bearded guy, but Luke Harper was the worker. He was the one who would get in there and work. There's a reason he was in that match at Taker's 25th anniversary. Like you talked about, you thought it was going to be Braun, and I was like, no, I knew it was going to be Luke because he was the worker there. Um, and his IC title run was great, and obviously things didn't go as, as you know, planned near the end there, but um, I was always a big fan of his. Thought he should have had a bigger thing. We talked about how WrestleMania 33 was it should have been him and Rome, uh, yeah. him and uh, and Randy that. and uh, Bray would have made perfect sense. He was main event on SmackDown with um, AJ hanging in there, looking fantastic. And uh, really wish he had bigger and better things. I was uh, excited for him when he moved to AEW. And we just talked a few weeks ago when we covered him about how he disappeared from TV. I was like, he hasn't been on there for two months, you know. And little did we know that um, it was actually for medical reasons, you know. So I hate that that was the case, you know. I thought it was a, an angle. Like you talked about Tommy before we start recording. Maybe it's an angle. He's going to disappear and then show back up. But um, I hate that now we know that it was for his health reasons. So I hate that. But I'll remember him as just a fantastic worker, fun guy. Um, all the interviews I've ever seen with him, he, he loves his kids, loves his wife, his family. Uh, family man, you know. And that's a big part for me, being a father of three. I'm a family guy, too. You know, I... <laughs> Not Peter Griffin, but I'm a family guy. You know, I put my family first. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just, you know, that's they're a big part of me and my inspiration. So uh, yeah, I always respected that about Brody or John or Luke, whatever you want to call him. So I'll we'll miss him, and uh, we can always go back and I, I recommend everybody go watch the uh, two out of three falls tag team match with them, them and the Usos. From, I think it's Battleground 14, one of the best tag team matches in recent memory. I'm serious. I mean, to me. I know the Young Bucks and the Revival talk about their matches, but Usos and the Wyatts, the Wyatts and the Shield, that stuff was top-notch. The Wyatts and Daniel Bryan and team, him and Kane, like any of that stuff, phenomenal. Yeah, I so. think they had, uh, they did Wyatts and Usos like four or five pay-per-views in a row, man. And it, I mean, it was yeah. great every time. Uh, every they, time. They, they brought the house down every time. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy, what sort of memories will you have about Luke Harper? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Travis said it best. I mean, he's such a vital part of getting the Wyatt family over. I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, uh, you know, Bray is coming off his run as, as Husky Harris. He's still really young, really green in the business. Eric Rowan, uh, probably not known for his in-ring uh, abilities. So, you know, Harper really had to carry a good yeah. portion of the workload there uh, for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, it's he's, su he's such a good guy. I mean, I had a... Uh, really only got to meet him briefly at an access. So we went to try to go meet the Wyatt family and they were all sitting there in character and we were waiting on the side. Cause my wife said, Oh, you know, I don't think anyway, I think it was like them or Kali. And she was like, oh. I'm interested in meeting the great Kali. So let's just stand here and take photos. And he kind of came by and he looked over and he kind of like glanced at us. You could tell he was in character. And as he came closer, he kind of was like, Seth Rollins is signing over there and pointed us to the what because he wasn't on the list and so he had to put ah, us over there and uh so cool. that was kind of cool and then uh you know the next year when Rollins cashes in I mean I'm we're, we're seated literally right above where all the talent were standing right next to the side of the stage uh so we got to watch all the talent like losing their mind going crazy and they were all out all about trying to like they're just having the time of their life so happy for Rollins and 
all the way in the back, peeking his head out of the curtain so that he could see it live was uh, Harper. And even though he still tried to remain a little bit in character, you could tell he was just like really happy for his <laughs> friend. So, uh, you know, I think that it's, you know, I think one of the, this is really, it, it's, it's one of the sadder things that's happened in a really long period of time. I think uh, someone on Twitter, I think it was, or, uh, you know, I, I don't remember who it was, but they said like, you know, for, for folks who are, you know, in their, you know, 15 to 20 years old, even, they don't necessarily remember what it was like to lose Eddie Guerrero, someone in their right. prime who was a major part of the current landscape of wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, like like uh, John Huber was, and and uh, as Brody Lee. So you know this is all new to them, and so it is. It's uh, you know it, this is probably the first one that there has been that major f- force of social media behind it, and uh, I, I, I I sometimes dog on social media a bit, but I think that it's almost been nice to see all the wrestling fans and you know every all the wrestlers too come together and mm-hmm. have nice things to say and uh you know like xavier woods yesterday on the raw talk i think Gordon raw went off the air yep. said some really nice stuff about uh about Brody lee and uh just really sad it's it, it, at the end of the day you gotta you know it's just Travis said you gotta take the wrestler out of it and realize that this guy was a family guy he had two mm-hmm. young kids at home and and they all now you know they have to grow up without a father which is which is really sad yeah and I think that uh, is, you know, um, that's what's made this so hard is so many people sharing so many wonderful stories of him as a friend, as a human being, as a father. Um, and, and it's so it, it's wonderful to read about, but it also just makes it all the more depressing, too. But um, I, I think I think the best way we can honor him is what you talked about, Tommy. If you think back to your childhood, Luke Harper would have been the guy you would have been afraid of back in the day. Oh, As a kid, he's the, he's Absolutely. like the prototype for that, and yet here he is, like trying to help you get a better autograph and, mm-hmm. and at, at at access, and then there he is cheering on his friends. That's such a cool uh, juxtaposition of this guy, so good at his role in the ring. Uh, he could have been a star really in any generation. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of frustrating that he, uh, you know, never got to do what he could to his full ability in WWE. He's kind of always stuck in tag teams and felt like he could have done a lot more. Uh, but no, no matter how great he was in the ring, he seemed to be such a better human being. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, we will, uh, celebrate him we we dedicate uh, this episode to him we, we celebrate him a little bit in our one episode that we get to talk about him as a former undertaker opponent so uh, we encourage you guys to go listen to that back in the archives but uh we wanted to make sure that we paid tribute to him here tonight uh before we get into all the fun stuff that we're gonna do here guys so uh you should be able to cue it up now and uh I guess I'm ready. Gentlemen, are you guys ready? Do we need to take a get a water break, bathroom break, anything before we jump in? I'm good to go. I think we're good. All right. Awesome. So once again, Raw episode one, January 11th, 1993. We're going to watch the whole episode. So just uh, get past the ad, pause it at all zeros. And Travis, why don't you give us the countdown? All right. As normal, I'll go three, two, one, play, and we'll push it on play. So here we go, everybody. And three, two, one, play. All right. So, Tommy, did you ever get to go to the Manhattan Center? So I did. Uh, it was not for Raw, um, but it was for Ring of Honor uh, many years later. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, so, so there was so the way the Manhattan Center is set up is there's two different 
if you guys have never been there, it's two different buildings. The Hammerstein Ballroom, as Bobby Heenan's now walking in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right here with John oh, Mooney. Um, so it's the Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is seen a lot on ECW shows and different things. A yeah. lot of theater of a venue. I've uh, been to many concerts there, which is just if you walk right in. Uh, but then the Manhattan, the Grand Ballroom, which is where Raw takes place here, is like many floors up. And you have to walk all up all these staircases to get there. And that that holds about like three, four hundred people. Uh, so really a lot smaller of a, a venue, but really nice if you're looking for more of your like intimate type type setting. Yeah, dude, this is peak nostalgia for me. Um for some reason, I think of Raw being in the Manhattan Center for like so long. They're really only there for a couple months. Like they didn't really didn't have that many shows there before they moved out of it. But man, just this look as we're seeing the the live look of uh, your friend the Fink and and then our announce crew here. God, this is so iconic to you, me. You could see the guy, the producer down there, like rolling his hand around, like telling the crowd to cheer. That was awesome, right there, man. You would never catch that on TV now. They would make sure guys out of the shot. I love that. It's how raw it was. <laughs> but yeah. dude, how about Stash, Stash McGee over here, dude? Rob Bartlett. Yeah, dude. Oh Go. Look at the macho man. Oh, my. He's jumping off the screen. Dude, oh. Rob Bartlett's like Joe Diffie, man. Like he's about to sing a country song. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Vince, man, looking to the nines, brother, on his first episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he had to, man. This was a huge move. So they used to have primetime wrestling on Mondays, which was, you know, your standard WWE studio show. And now they're moving to live wrestling on Monday nights as we see The Undertaker's the first man he ever gave the tombstone to. Coco, beware. Oh, wow. Yeah, man, I had so many pairs of those glasses like that. (laughs) Seriously, early 90s. How many of those jackets did you have? Uh, zero, but I wanted some. <laughs> I had a couple windbreakers. It was uh, not too far off of that, but yeah. True. Whatever happened. Is that Mike Kyoto? That sure. is, yeah. Very young Look Mike Kyoto. Mike the mullet Kyoto, baby. Just ended his run this year. Yeah, Unbelievable. It's crazy. There's it, the man you were terrified of. That's right. <laughs> Can, I can't blame you. Yeah. yeah, look how big, and, and I mean, at the time, you don't see people that size. So, like, right. that was always the appeal of someone like Yokozuna's, like, it's huge, you know? Yeah. I've said this probably every time we've talked about Yokozuna on the podcast, but he is one of the biggest reasons why I became a lifelong wrestling fan because he was such an incredible presence. He was like the perfect heel for me as a kid. Like, it just jumped off the screen to me. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I wanted so badly to see somebody beat him, and he was so unstoppable. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really credit him to, to making me a fan. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we're only I mean, right here. I think this show takes place 13 days before the 1993 Royal Rumble. Um, and Yokozuna, at that point, you know, wins the Rumble and kind of gets propelled to, like, superstar status, like, pretty quickly into his run. Yeah, he hadn't been there very long at this point. Yeah. It's no, funny, he... when Raw went back for the 25th anniversary, they did half the show at the right. Barclays Center, which I, I went to the Barclays Center version, which made me sad, but this version at the Manhattan Center was, like, $800 a ticket, and I just was like, yeah. yeah. You made I, the right I, call. What's that? You made the right call. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't. We were also going to the Rumble 2018, like at the end of the week, so it was like, it's too much. And uh, But my friends went to this show, and I always thought it would have been cool if they had Vince go in the bow tie and call the show 
like oh, he had yeah. done all that uh, all those years prior. I mean, yeah, so I can't even count the amount of mustaches in the audience right now. It is out of control. Dude. Look at that one row. There's like five in a row. There's so many stashes. Look at that. Every one of those guys is a Absolutely, man. That's <laughs> great. There's so many dads in the crowd right now. No, they're just stashes, man. Stash only. Look at that camera shot under Yoko's legs. I mean, that's pretty, menacing, pretty dude. Yeah. The cameraman, uh, his job was to be perched right behind Yoko away from the <laughs> yeah. You see the guy in the taker shirt right there over Joko's shoulder? And just just a big taker face on it. Like, those, like those, what those t-shirts were back then, you know? I love that shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Yeah, they, they released some of these retro shirts. I wish they would release those types of shirts. I yeah. Yeah, because if you try to get an original one, you're spending like 500 bucks easily right. for oh, something like yeah, that. It's insane. The market for like that era wrestling shirts. It's wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I missed it entirely. I would gotten rid of a lot of my shirts when I moved, and like no one, they barely got anything for them. Now it's like I could have got hundreds of dollars for each one. Yeah. Well, another reason why we're gonna we're doing this episode this week is because next week on our uh, WrestleMania 34 episode, we'll talk about that 25th anniversary show yeah. that uh, Undertaker yeah. appeared on and had a very confusing promo on. So uh, this is another reason why we're we're fitting this in this week. It ties into that 25th anniversary. Look at you guys went match. to that show, right? I was at Mania 34. Travis was not able to go, but uh, I was oh. lucky enough to be there. Yeah. This I mean this match is perfect way to to show what a heel is. Coco can't do anything. This no. is fantastic. If you put this on today, the crowd will be booing on it though. Mm-hmm. They don't have the patience for this. This is perfect storytelling, guys. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and this is what they started doing. This is what they used to do with NXT, which is why I think NXT did so well is you'd have Brian Corbin go out there and do this type of match mm-hmm. every week for like a 6 months. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I fell in love with like the early NXT because it felt like I was watching 1993, 1994 WWE. It, it felt so old school. It yeah. felt like Saturday, Saturday night sometimes. To me, I know it's it's a little different now, but I still get that that feeling. That it's it's my favorite show of the week, honestly. But um, Yoko. Now, Tommy, Ooh. did you ever buy him as an actual Japanese person, or did you know he was a Samoan? <laughs> At the time. Oh, no, no, no. My, uh, I, I, I pretty much bought whatever they sold me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, same. I definitely. I, the idea that any of this was fake, the idea that right. any of this was like, what wasn't what they were saying. Uh, but my uncle was, he went, uh, studied in Japan for a couple of years. And so when Yoko would cut promos in Japanese, he'd be like, oh, wow, he really is Japanese. Japanese. And lo and mm. behold, he, he was not. So yeah. uh, I remember when I found out he wasn't, I was very surprised. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I remember thinking when, that too debuted as Rikishi that he had came back and it was Yokozuna because he oh, like oh wow yeah, yeah. So I was like, wow Yokozuna's back but <laughs> no unfortunately not yeah uh what a sad story man he, he just uh you know he died far too young as well uh what a shame he, he had so much talent had such a great run wish it could have lasted a little bit longer as he squashes Coco beware there wasn't one wrestling move in that entire match. I was entertained the entire five minutes that way. Absolutely. That was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was that great. Was awesome. Yoko I, never I, left I his feet that. except to do a leg drop. Exactly. Yeah. I love his finisher. Like the idea that he's just like thrown his entire body yeah. on the other guy. Iconic. It's believable. It's believable. 
the other guy doesn't have to do anything to like like a Spanish fly move. That movie's so um, that movie's so unbelievable because you both guys had had to participate. This the guy is winded, he's knocked down. Big fat dude sits on his chest. Of course he's gonna stay down for three seconds. That's yeah. the point of wrestling. Keep your opponent's shoulders down for three seconds. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. But the cool thing about Yoko, we talked about it in his matches with Taker, he could go. Like, those yeah. matches with Taker, they would have little periods where they would be running all over the place, hitting moves on each other. Not like, you know, 2020, not like Keith Lee or right. anything like that. But for the time, he could go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, advertisement for the Royal Rumble now. Yeah. Um, Tommy, would you have, do you have any memories of watching this show live, Monday Night Raw, first episode? So I remember for so before this they did primetime wrestling and it was like kind of like they tried to make it like Sports Center where they'd have all the wrestlers and legends around yeah. this big round table kind of talking about the week's events and then they'd play matches throughout. Um, so when this started, of course at the time I'm young, so I, I had to wasn't able to stay up late. So they my parents recorded it for me and then I'd watch it when I got home from school the next day on a Tuesday, which you couldn't do today because everything would be spoiled and you couldn't like, <laughs> be able to avoid the spoilers. Uh, but for me, it was, it was, it was unbelievable because you weren't used to seeing the big stars have live matches every week. Right. It wasn't something you'd see. Um, and they, you, you would only see that on a pay-per-view. You'd only see it, you know, once in a while, you'd have to go to a house show to see competitive matches. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a lot of fun and it felt like so different um, and I remember, you know, as, as we got a little older, you know, Raw was the staple. Every Monday night, you know, you'd sit down, you'd watch Raw. That was my one night a week. I was able to stay up late, and I loved it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it great. Look at that fit on Bobby Heenan, man. Deep V. Deep. Yeah. On pink. V. <laughs> With like Glittery V. On yes. It. Amazing. <laughs> He's changed outfits since he tried to get in. Well, I love that. I like he was wearing in, in like the show, he's outside trying to get in, and then they're just randomly showing a promo. Yeah. Yes. Here. Yeah. Building up the debut of the narcissist. Yeah, that one. Uh, I, I said I was a huge logo mark. I, I didn't. I wasn't into the narcissist. No. Have you seen the uh, preview for the WWE Icons episodes coming out with the Luger one? I have. I've seen just the commercial. I didn't get a yeah. chance to watch the first look, but they look great. Uh, yeah, they do. I, I'm a huge fan of the. Um, of the of every WWE documentary, Document, yeah, they're great. Yeah, seems like they're sort of trying to do their own sort of dark side of the ring type deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it, it looks intriguing. Yeah, there's going to be a Yoko episode, RVD looks really good. Yeah, yeah, man, Pain is cutting a promo here. <laughs> yeah, it's really excited. Uh, it's interesting they have Beth Phoenix in there because she doesn't really, you know, she's she's definitely an iconic performer, but she Ooh. doesn't have like the bad history kind of right, thrown in. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not exactly like that, but uh, I'm sure it'll be good. Right. You're right about the others. Dude, these the Steiner brothers are about to look at this crowd. They're on their feet for the Steiners. They know about, they're <laughs> about to see these guys get wrecked. Murder people, man. Ring. Joe Blow one and Joe Blow two are about to get smashed. Yeah. You think Yokozuna sure had great squash matches? Steiner Brothers <laughs> might have the best yeah. squash matches of all time. Other than the Road Warriors, these guys. Oh I mean, my word! That's incredible. Look at Scotty Steiner there. That's his pre shonies baby right here. He sure is. Oh, look at look at Doink keep the clown randomly in the back there. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> not sure, not sure what he's doing, but uh. And the fans are like mugging him. 
back there. <laughs> he blew a straw at a guy. Yeah. But yeah, Scott Steiner is uh, oh, you know, a normal-looking sized guy here. He's not, you know, massive, and the, the, oh, the peaks <laughs> aren't nearly as big. Right. He's still massive. Let's be honest. I mean, he's definitely <laughs> a big guy. He's bigger big than I will ever be. Right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they ain't that the truth. Doink. I haven't seen one female in the crowd yet. <laughs> it's no, all no, like just that, just that one girl in the audience, yeah. in the in the ring holding that sign. That was it. <laughs> oh, there's one in the front row, ponytail. Oh, excuse one, me. One okay. girl, one girl. Yeah. So who are these guys? They didn't get names. Uh, the executioners, I believe. What? Oh. <laughs> He can't even hit the rope. Dude, Scott's or Rick's about to wreck him. He's gonna pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the big uh Ico Pro sign hanging off the rafters there. I love they brought it back in two thousand and was it eighteen? That was great. Yeah, Yeah, it was a good touch. Yep. Uh, Oh, I thought it was gonna power bomb. I thought it was gonna power bomb too. Oh (laughs) that might be worse. That is way worse. He squished him. Rick Steiner, oh, he's like the on like the Cherokee County Board of like Chancellors or something in Georgia, isn't he? I think now or North Carolina, something maybe something like that. Board it's of Education, like Board I don't of know. Education. And then his brother Scotty owns the Shoney's outside Atlanta. <laughs> Closed <laughs> down though, I believe. It shut down. I heard it did. Yeah, I think because of COVID. Wait a minute, COVID oh, stopped really? Scott Steiner. Yeah. Oh God, Rick Dude. Steiner was great. Oh. Look how happy the Steiners are. Like they get paid to just a lot of murder people for a living. Golly, they found their dream some of my job. Favorites, man. I love him. Fantastic behind them. I can't get enough of Doink. He's great. It's great. It's like a little Easter egg oh, back there. Yeah. Overhead belly to belly is great. That's a, those are now we're getting wrestling moves in this match. This is where you get your wrestling. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on heel Doink, Tommy? Uh, so I like Heel Doink a lot. I, I think the character is a genius, Heel Doink. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, growing up, very much afraid of Heel Doink. But, I, uh, you know, later on in life, when he turned babyface, immediately I just I loved him. I thought he was just, uh, <laughs> even though now I'm like, he couldn't be any more corny as a babyface. But uh, at the time, what, what, a, what an insane, oh, this guy's protecting his head. He knows it's going to be real rough. Yep. Oh, <laughs> What a great finish. That's Dude, phenomenal. someone needs to bring that back. Yeah. Um, That's great. Look at the crowd on their feet for these guys. Steiner Absolutely. Bros. Yeah. <laughs> they probably trademarked that. Mm-hmm. No events. It's funny. I was, uh, when I see these producers getting everyone all riled up, it, it really does. I went to uh, NX. It's funny. I never put up the uh, the vlog on my YouTube. I was just uh, editing it earlier to release it over the, you know, coming up here over the weekend. I went to NXT in full sale uh, about a year or so ago, and literally the whole show is they're building you up, trying to get you amped up to cheer. And I, right before coming out of every commercial, they're getting you amped up and trying to get you going. So it's probably what they were doing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm amped up for this Bobby I'm Heenan. I'm amped up right here, Bobby <laughs> Heenan, dude. Looking like Chris Farley. He's like eating the french fries. They the Gap Girls, yeah, man. that's exactly yeah. what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. He really does. <laughs> what Moody's commitment, cool. man! No, oh, I, love I love that when somebody pulls off the wig. He's he's just disgusted, though. Like yeah. they maybe didn't know. <laughs> hey, yo! Up next, a special interview with Razor Ramon, who was facing Bret Hart right at 
Rumble, wasn't he? At Rumble, exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, came, yeah. He was brand new, too, because a lot of the older wrestlers yeah. were like, you know, Hogan wasn't really around anymore. Macho was doing commentary. Warrior was gone. So you had to like, usher in some new talent. It's a really take interesting period. Yeah. There's your take your fan, yeah. Yeah. Whew. Dude, was there anything cooler than Razor Ramon's little one hair? No. <laughs> no. I always tried to do that as a kid, and I, I could never. Yeah. No one could pull that off besides Scott Hall. Nah, dude, him, and, awesome. him and Superman, that's it, man. They're pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis, you would not have been watching this. You, you weren't really into wrestling no. quite yet. At this nope. time, right? I, Sting had captivated me years earlier, and I'd seen some, you know, just like Saturday nights. So I didn't really follow it religiously, kind of fell away. Always, I remember seeing Taker early on and just flipping through channels, but I never really was captivated. But um, shortly after this, so I do remember playing the arcade games, you know, uh, mm, but then okay. it wasn't until 96 ish when I got actually back into wrestling for real. After meeting you and some buddies from my church, telling me about NWO and everything, and then really heavy into it after that so that guy is dressed up yeah he's, uh, like he made a long and got some free wrestling tickets <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you guys been friends since 96 middle school uh, yeah, we like met in 96 97 yeah, 96 or 7 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 wow yeah awesome yeah yeah it's been a good run it's Had been a good, good run, run. We, lived, we lived the undertaker's entire career <laughs> yeah <laughs> But this uh, guy, I tell you what, man, I was, I like, I knew Razor from the video game, and uh, loved the move, the Razor's Edge. And then when he went to WCW and with Scott Hall, I was just always captivated by him. And then going back and watching some of his early stuff and his matches with Perfect and stuff, I just really, really loved him. But my brother used to do the Razor's Edge on me. I mean, on a nightly basis, like he would take me up over his head, hold me out, and then just throw me on the couch, like every uh, night. Such a great, such a great uh, finish. Oh, Owen. Oh man, old school Owen. Dude, those were the shows like... I used to love. The WWF Mania, WWF Look. Superstars, the Saturday Sunday morning type shows. Look at those awesome. pants, the Zubas, man. Zubas. Those yeah. are beautiful. That's crazy. Golly, yeah, dude. I watched WWF Mania religiously. Todd Pentengill was like who I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> I like that NXT brought them back this year for the uh, they're in your house thing. Oh, so good! Yeah, so good. That was, that really was a good. well done show. That really it's was so funny to look at this and see like NXT at full sale and like this is basically what it is here at Monday Night Raw, the first ever Raw. It's right. crazy. Yeah, Just as far as how close it is. Yeah, and I mean those those tickets they sell out pretty quick, but I mean we got those tickets. They they're ten dollars each. Uh, if you want like front rows or. Th- I think first three rows are maybe twenty dollars each. Like they don't even they, they just want people there. So it's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool. I almost went last year. We went to Disney World. It was like on a I guess it was a taping, uh before they went live and uh I almost got to go, but it just didn't work out. My wife had other plans for us at Disney's. So I, I get it, but one day I wanna go. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable how close you are to the action. Right. It's definitely like a bucket list place for me. Headlock on Hunger Somalia Relief Fund. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. Talk about throwback. Yeah. These are the types of things I love to go back and see, like the old yes. pro and the old shows. And I want that shirt. I want a shirt with that on it right there. Yeah. yeah. They should make that. Yeah, why not? Somalia Relief Fund. That's great. 
I love it's just on our screen and nothing is happening. I, I thought my time was stuck, you know? I thought my, <laughs> I thought my internet had timed out. Oh, there he oh, is. Tatanka. Golly. Another guy. I'm assuming Lord Alfred Hayes was providing a voiceover of some sort. Probably. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> All right, so if Bo Dallas died in the middle of his hair red and beefed up a little bit, would he look Tatanka? I can see it. I can see it. He could be world champion if he did that, dude. <laughs> dude, Tatanka, another guy I thought was going to be the man. Him and yeah. Crush, dude. I was huge fans of those guys. Tatanka, I feel like, should have. Like, they, yes. they ended his undefeated streak so abruptly. Wait, oh, I was yeah, devastated about when that, that happened. To, um, what was his name? Ludwig. Ludwig. Yeah. yeah. Golly, what a waste. Here's Max uh, Moon. Now. Uh, this guy I did not think was going to be future world champion, even as a kid. <laughs> is this Kate? That's not K-Dog, man. Who is that? The other no, guy? Uh, the yeah. other guy, yeah. Paul Diamond, I believe. Paul Diamond. Good, From, good. Oh, I was thinking Dustin Diamond. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Sean, baby. The man, Vince the McMahon. The blue proxy. icy title. Wow. Oh, man. golly. That is I don't awesome. remember having that. That's no, crazy. I don't either. That is a baby blue icy title. I love that. Dude. That is sweet. You I mean you oh, know watching this who's went look at that. Denim <laughs> denim shirt girl loving some Sean. With the yeah. camera. There's yeah. all the ladies. The ladies are there for Sean. Yeah, she gotta take those to to Walgreens, get them developed, man. Yeah. Yeah. And they're showing the women now, dude, because Sean's out there. That's right. Yeah. You know it. They probably strategically knew there was like six or seven in the crowd. Yeah, they're only the show that during Sean's entrance. Sean's so good, man. Yeah, even as a kid, like I didn't like Shawn Michaels, but but I liked watching him wrestle, and I, I don't think I fully like understood like why I appreciated watching him wrestle right. back then. But he, he was somebody I could tell he he's good. Like I don't know what it is about. I don't like him. He's he's a jerk. He's he's cocky. Right. He's arrogant. But for some reason, I, I like watching him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember being really into his Royal Rumble 1995 win. Yes. Yeah. Like the heels never would win a show to go off the air. Like they'd always have a happy ending. So the idea that like this smug guy was standing there with Pamela Anderson as the show went to close. Yeah. Was so, that was really cool. Max Moon putting it to Sean right now. He's trying. Yeah, Max, uh, he's doing his thing. Uh, Travis and I got to see team. Max Moon at that event where we met the undertaker he, he was there in was full there? There? yeah i'll tell you <laughs> i, I enjoyed your guys on that day thank you yeah that was a lot of fun and uh you said you told us before we started you were about to be there with us almost i was i remember uh, we had even talked about potentially uh meeting up and uh you guys were considering going to the wrestling universe which is like a snowball's distance from yeah. me like really, <laughs> where i live and uh but yes, my wife uh, went into labor, and that was the end of that. So, uh, my first kid. That's that's there fair. It's fair enough reason. I think you got a yeah, better yeah. trade off than that. That's fine. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to take her another. Hopefully, he'll do another signing at some point. Well, you can take your daughter to me have a picture with the Undertaker. Yeah. that would be even better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They're always nicer when there's kids around. So, speaking of wrestling universe, I, I don't know if I ever brought this up on the show, but. Uh, a wrestling universe of course they sell only like wrestling figure store uh one of the only ones in the world 
Tommy, you sold me a wrestling figure about a few months ago on eBay. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I have a little, uh, little, little, uh, little side gig. Um, and I do. I sell uh, lots of wrestling toys and stuff on, on eBay. And uh, one day uh, I saw that Alex got one and then won it. And I was like, it can't possibly be the same Alex Dorio from Talk and Taker. <laughs> and uh, there he is, Cowboy Bob. <laughs> Cowboy Bob, and uh, his mom I, jeans. Yeah, and it is—it is something I, you know, I'm not the type, you know, I, I, I try to be cognizant of like, like right now, if you look on eBay, there's a bunch of people who are selling like Luke Harper figures for way up in price. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Like yeah. I try not to do that type of stuff. I definitely I don't do anything like that. I also try not to do like the pick up all the AEW figures I find in the wild and then resell them all like. That stuff I don't do, but uh, I was unloading some stuff and uh, just started, you know, sometimes I buy, sometimes I sell, and uh, it's a really good way to justify purchases. Um, for example, on eBay recently, I did, uh, I purchased the entire 2002 DVD collection for WWE on pay-per-view. Ooh. Oh, uh, man, nice. Yeah, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, unbox each one, and that's what I'm going to do on my YouTube channel yes. for next year. Uh, that I got all those on eBay, and I probably can't justify that if I didn't sell some of my stuff and the other stuff on, <laughs> on eBay. But I had sold it to you, and then it was funny because I had left you feedback and said, take her easy. And then I was listening to your show, and uh, you seemed a little little creeped out by it. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't creeped out. I was just, like, confused. I, I couldn't figure out uh, who it could have been. But, I mean, what a small world. Dude, that, that's, I, that's so what I crazy. Said. I was like, what are the odds... Because, I mean, we'll be honest, we don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. You know what I'm saying? Right. We have some. And so the odds of in this world we live in that you, one of our listeners, one of our friends, sold that to Alex. Like, it just it was <laughs> blew my mind, man. Yeah. Blew my mind, dude. Yeah. Really I mean, as, as big of a reach as Taker has in his figure, like, we don't get all of his fans. It's not Taker. Wish. It's Cowboy Bob. I mean, Bob. Yeah, Cowboy Bob. Exactly. <laughs> That's the crazy you part. Know, it wasn't an part. Undertaker figure. It was a Cowboy yeah. Bob figure. Well, so, it reminded me when they did the Taker Untold about him and Orton. Uh, and yes. Cowboy Bob looks like he does in that figure. Yes. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's why he got the figure. Because he was that's like a Taker Yeah, mom jeans, man. It's a pretty good figure. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. good representation yeah. of, of what he was looking like back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were talking about King Kong Bundy, and, and that is a tough one to come by. There's so there are some out there, but a lot of them are crappy. Like there's the uh, yeah. what is it, figure? Uh, it's like a legend. It's not WWE figure. It's like a I can't remember the company, but they make uh, uh, some weird legends figures. Um, and, and but it's and you can get that one for pretty cheap, but it's such a crappy, ugly figure. Um, yeah. And then he has well, an LJN figure. That match. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm still yeah. mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> Forever yeah. salty on that one. Dude, who kicks out at 3.1 and just rolls out of the ring and walks away? I don't yeah. care if you're King Kong Bundy or not. You put over the Undertaker, dude. Absolutely. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he, he ends up like winning that with like a clothesline, right? Yeah. Yep. No tombstone, no choke slam, a diving clothesline. Rotten. Yeah. Rotten. That's one of the worst, for sure. I think uh, when we've, we said when we get to the end, we're, we'll probably do our top 20 all-time matches. I think we got to do our own like top five worst 
10. Not top 10. <laughs> yeah, or not 10. And that one's going to be close to number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one's not, not, not one of his better matches. Atrocious. Atrocious. So did you guys actually – so Maximum was sitting there like in full gear when you met Undertaker? <laughs> full gear, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, my yeah. gosh. In, and it did not there, fit. Yeah. No. <laughs> it doesn't really fit him here. I can't imagine. No. Like there. Oh, my gosh. Well, to be fair, he was a lot skinnier. Like he had no muscle mass. So it was just oh, like okay. hanging on. It looked like Maximum pajamas on him. Oh, no. <laughs> sure. Tell you what, Maxwell's given Sean a lot more trouble than I thought he would. Yeah, this match yeah. is way longer than I I mean, Sean be. is giving him a lot of offense. That's pretty good. Yeah, he really is. He's uh and Sean's getting a good match out of Max Moon too. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure yeah. even then what a good performer he was. Oh yeah. Is Kyoto ref in the whole night? <laughs> it feels like, like it. <laughs> Dude, that was a unique move in a cover right there. You don't see that often. No, so no. You should bring that back. Yeah, you That's feel like cool. yeah, I was here in the WWE headquarters. You can go and get like all these old tapes. Yeah, and uh, somebody should watch these and be like, "Hey, no one's done that in 20 years. Oh. I should do it." Nice kick. Yeah, Super bust that cool. out in the uh, Steiner's little bulldog. Yeah, uh, Doomsday Device finisher. That'd be nice. Yeah, that was the that was the first super kick of the night. If this were Raw tonight in, in, in 2020, that would have been uh, the sixth super kick of the night. Oh, and he oh, went for the uh, teardrop suplex. There it is. Love that move. His original finisher. That's crazy. Oh, he had the super kick before right. that. Oh. Yeah, he wouldn't adopt the Sweet Jimmy's until a couple years later, I think. Yeah, he didn't. I, I can't get over how much hair he has here. He has like completely full head of hair. <laughs> Sean kind of having a little bit of that 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 balding look to him. Yeah, and he's we'll not cross-eyed. It's true. Right. He's gonna be super bald when we get to Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm not in the bed. Tony Danza in the bed. Commercials. What is Dude. it? Oh, boss man. Uh, I guess it's probably a commercial for Raw. Oh, Mania. Mania. Oh, 10 o'clock a.m., I guess, huh? Yeah. Why are their parents sleeping until 10 a.m. on a Saturday? Ah, what I kind can't. of a low-life parent sleeping? Not realistic, eh? No, no, definitely not. No. <laughs> caffeine-free. 100% caffeine-free. Still to come, Damien Demento versus The Undertaker. I mean, if that doesn't sell you tickets, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this. Though. Let's talk about that juxtaposition right there. You, both of those are kind of ridiculous gimmicks. Like, mm-hmm. both kind of off-the-wall, crazy stuff. And Damien Demento lasted six months versus yep. The Undertaker, who lasted 30 years. I mean, that just tells you there's something to that man and not just to that gimmick. Exactly. Absolutely. It really is... Uh... Unreal that he's been able to just reinvent himself, and uh, you know, I heard you guys I think a couple weeks ago talking about like how you kind of grew an appreciation for even his uh, American Badass days. Yeah, for uh, sure. Fine. What and, were your uh, thoughts was, on that back in the day? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think for me too. Like I always thought, like oh, he's doing the ABA stuff because he is uh, going to be winding down his career, <laughs> and, and so. He's doing this because he wants to kind of just do his thing and then kind of right off of the sunset. Uh, lo and behold, I mean, he returns as the dead man, which, which you guys were there for. Mm-hmm. Very special moment. Absolutely. Where were you at? You're in New York. Why weren't you at WrestleMania yeah. 20? What the heck? So 
Travis, you, I mean, no, uh, Alex, you were on my YouTube talking about WrestleMania 20. Yes. Prior to you guys breaking it down. Yes. Uh, and I told this story on that, but I'll, I'll, uh, so I, for me, that was like the end all be all of like shows. Like, and at the time, you'd have to go to a show like Survivor Series 2002, when I got tickets for that, I went to Madison Square Garden very early in the morning. Got to meet Eric Bischoff because WWE was Ooh. filming their like pop, and then you wow. go and buy tickets. So for that, for this show, we knew it was going to be really rough. People were all, like lined up for days. It was going to be even worse. Now, like the internet starts getting involved. Mm-hmm. to get up many of twenty tickets. So we went to a Tower Records because they were doing like a right. read. <laughs> And uh, we were, like, second on. Uh, my buddy, my mom and I, we were, like, right in the front. And then uh, right as tickets went on sale, tickets, like, dropped at, like, 10 a.m. We were, like, we're going to get tickets. This is great. And tickets end up going on sale at 10 o'clock. And right as they go on sale, like, by the truckloads, hundreds of people show up at that second. And we're, like, oh, what's yeah. going on? And what it was, Tower Records wanted to discourage people from camping out. So they did it by lottery. Oh, no. And so when uh, it was time to get tickets, I, uh, unfortunately, the tickets were sold out by the time we got to the front of that line. Uh, so that was one of, that's one of like the most elusive shows, uh, you know, really, for me, ever, is that WrestleMania 20, because I missed out on it. It was right here at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, like, really. It's tough. Uh, but, I mean, it led me to, uh, to finding you guys, because um, I, I think I mentioned I found... At bottom line cast uh, Mike from bottom line cast is a uh, it's a great guy I'm sure you guys know Absolutely. Um, when I first started my YouTube I mean I used to literally have like watch alongs for an entire show and it was just me sitting there watching a show talking about it. I don't know what I was thinking that anyone would want to sit there and watch me watch a show <laughs> and talk for three hours about it but like when I first started this Mike sat there and like for an hour and a half and watched the show with me and he's the only person who was in that chat hitting me up with everything so i was like uh this is a guy i'm gonna follow i'm gonna try to support as best i can and then uh one day i saw you guys show up i think on his instagram and you putting up photos from wrestlemania 20 and that's when i was like oh my gosh they were there i don't even know this guy but i'm gonna reach out man. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, awesome really cool yeah, uh, Mike and JV uh, saved us last week. Uh, we were not able yeah. to record, and so they uh, graciously let us um, re-air one of their episodes on our podcast feed. So uh, shout out to those guys. They have been awesome to us. Uh, mm-hmm. as we are looking through the entrance in the Royal Rumble this year, 93. Tito Santana. <laughs> A host of characters here. Papa wow. Shango was there. Yeah, your boy. Uncle Fred. Yeah. Very much afraid of Papa Shango growing up. and uh, The Head Shrinkers, they were pretty scary growing up. It's funny, I, I don't remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan's 1993 run at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has some big matches on Raw with Shawn Michaels. He has like a mini yeah. feud uh, in the summer of 93, and uh, he, he wears the singlet. Uh, he switches from the tights to like a, uh, a singlet. And he has that song on the uh, WrestleMania album. You I I think if you were to ask my mom the worst part of me growing up, it would probably be me lis- making her listen to the WrestleMania album in the car every day on the way to school. That's probably her number one least favorite thing. Yeah, I we, we did uh, we did New York a drive from New York down to Florida, and my and uh, it was like three in the morning. We were listening to that album. 
And my dad literally opened the window and tossed it out the window. <laughs> and he didn't tell us, though. He just said, like, they lost it. We couldn't find it. And then, like, years later, he revealed <laughs> I couldn't deal with, like, a Bret Hart sobby song while driving up uh, a ballot. Yeah. Driving oh, yeah, down that one. 95 all the way. It's brutal. really hard for me to drive around town listening to bubble guppies all day, all afternoon. So yeah, I can imagine a drive from <laughs> New York to Florida listening to some crappy wrestlers sing or wrestlers singing crappy songs would have been awful. So see, see, I my dad never let that fly. My dad was just blasting, you know, ACDC or or BB King or something, Stevie Ray Vaughan or something. Uh, my mom would let me listen to stuff. My dad did oh, yeah. not ever. <laughs> that same here, yeah. This rabbi is trying to get into Monday Night Raw. <laughs> bless it. It kind of looks like uh, it kind of looks like Luke Harper a little bit. He really does. <laughs> a little bit like Luke. Yeah. yeah I wonder. They, I wonder uh, if they had filmed this earlier in the day, or if maybe these are just some fans that couldn't get into the show and are waiting for wrestlers to leave so they can kind of get autographs or something. But look at the age group. These guys are all like in their thirties and forties. Like they're not uh, like young kids. They're no, loving I, it too. They're cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> Smiles on these guys. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. Man. Wow, he did, he was the best. Oh, so, he, so yeah. good. Golly, that's another person we just. I mean, we've always loved him, but like going back and watching this early stuff at the early parts of Talking Taker was just so fun to listen to him. Uh, just, well, he wasn't you just funny. How funny. He was. He was yeah. funny, but he did such a good job in putting these characters, yeah, and these performers oh, yeah. over in the midst of of being funny, and that's what. Yeah. That's what I think commentary misses a lot in the modern day. Like so much yeah. of it is just trying to have good, good one-liners, or they're just bickering, or talking about Twitter or whatever, and uh, they don't get things over as much. Right. Yeah. No. Not at all. No. They 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 want people to get on Twitter and tweet the hashtag for the matches and uh, do that. Who's next? Who's the Macho Man's Mark right Eaton. shoulder? Uh, it looks like Dimitri. That is That's Mark Eaton. Yeah, timekeeper, man. <laughs> oh, Kamala. Another oh. guy we lost in 2020. Yeah, there's been too many dead people in this show. It sucks. Yeah, the entire, I, so many of them. It really is really sad. I saw someone on, on social media with a graphic of all the wrestlers that had passed in 2020, and I, I kind of forgotten, like, Kamala, the Fink was this year, Kamala mm-hmm. was this year. It's been kind of a, a rough year for wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Fink was one that hit hard. I, I love the Fink, and uh, that that one that really was. We had uh, we had originally thought, oh, there's there's the Slickster from the mm-hmm. ring. There he is. Um, but yeah, Fink was doing like weddings for a long time and showing up and like doing introductions for people as they were getting married. And we got <laughs> married in 2018. I really wanted to try to find him to get him to do it, but uh, at that point, his health had kind of deteriorated. Yeah. Oh, that would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, this is Kamala turning babyface here. Right. Right, yeah, that's a, I totally forgot about that. It's funny when you guys are doing all these, like, uh, these random, like, w- w- watching, like, an Undertaker build in, like, 2005, 2006, and you go back and watch some of those shows, and, like, there's random appearances from Kamala. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Wherever on the shows, like. Yeah. So, so interesting to see. It's funny to watch those. Yeah, they bring the old guy, like when he feuded with JBL and they brought back like Gangrel and uh, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. It's just funny. This oh, there's Damien Demento. There he is. Yeah. What is that? Hair. 
He looks what is like he a where he looks like he's supposed to be from Beastmaster or something like that movie. I don't know what he's supposed to be. But look at that facial hair, bro. Yeah. Facial hair, head hair, all the hair. <laughs> I mean, I thought Kane had bad hair in O two, but this oh, is it's, worse. It's brutal. Oh. Yeah. The dead man. I mean oh, this may be this may be the shortest Undertaker entrance we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> You can see him come out. He's just there. I tell you what, we'll talk about it next week on the show. But that that 25th anniversary show, I loved when he came out that night. They didn't put the lights down. Yeah. Just like here on this night, he comes out. They don't do all the special effects and the lighting, and they didn't do that when he came out of the Manhattan Center 25 years later. I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, you know, yes. rest in peace sign on the typewriter paper. Yes, right on that dot matrix paper. That dot That's matrix incredible. paper. Incredible. <laughs> did you catch that um, Paul Bear just ripped his tie off? Like he just yanked it and his tie <laughs> just came off? That was awesome. That was awesome. The, the, the crowd's on their feet for Taker, man. Of course. He has such a long – I mean he has a run now where he's like a baby face for like six years here. Mm-hmm. Ministry days. Yeah. Dude, he is so... Um, he's in the zone, man. <laughs> he had, he's he been there in the company for like a little over two years now, and he is he's fully grasped this character, this dead yeah. man zombie character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's... And then like, he had that period of time where he had the two fans that were the creatures of the night that would show up. Right. <laughs> be like, uh, yeah, Paul Bear is like fantastic. Oh, so good. So good. He's adds so much to this character. It's fantastic. Oh, Taker's cranking the arm. He's going to go up for what we would uh, call old school in about eight years. Yeah. And look at that. He's got That's weird. That'd be like the Miz doing the skull crushing finale right now. And I was calling it old school. <laughs> yeah. Bro. <laughs> Bro, that is, oh my god! You're right. You are right. He wasn't there for very long. We started calling it old school yeah. compared to nowadays. Oh, look at that though! Choking him in the corner, eyes roll back. Oop, ref intimidation. And just think about Vince McMahon knowing what an important show this was. You're yeah. debuting a brand new program. You're debuting this live wrestling. What are we going to put out there? We're not putting out Hulk Hogan. We're not putting out Bret Hart. We're putting out The Undertaker. That's who we're putting yeah. in the main event. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, you're right. They don't even show Bret on the show. He's the champ. He's, He's the champ. Exactly. Absolutely. He didn't have a promo. Nope. They just had the promos for the Royal Rumble, but he's not even on here. That's crazy. Oh, Taker with a poof. Almost so. <laughs> he got him good on that one. And I, uh, oh, Paul Bear says this oh. time. <laughs> yeah, he's ended. And Damien Demento is not a small man at no, all. No, he is not. Not set up for the tombstone. Probably. Oh, oh, that crumbles. It's like when whenever Yoko would do the bonsai drop and he, he wouldn't catch himself oh, as he went gosh. down, so he just let himself just to destroy the guy. That's Why like how that tombstone was. Elect Paul Bear in '93. Elect Paul Bear oh. Mayor in '93. Absolutely, he's got my All vote. Right. That was a cool little nuance right there. Taker was going to do more damage, holding his hand up for a choke slam, and Bear just grabbed the back of his head and pulled him back. That was yeah. really cool, man. 
Oh, cool. Next week, Woody <laughs> Allen versus Mia Farrow. Still cage match. Dang, we gotta watch that one, fellas. What is that? <laughs> Doink has a bed sheet on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Oh, strange. <laughs> and there's Groove. He's been on the whole show. Yeah. He's been the thread that brings the whole show together. <laughs> Travis, you said there's Groove. Did you see him? <laughs> I did. Behind Vince? From Despicable yeah. Me. <laughs> we like Groove. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and watch it, ladies I know, I saw it. <laughs> see him. Hey, Here so comes your boy, brother. Oh, Isn't the Black Crush? Crush. Crush. Yep. They built this feud up for so long before WrestleMania. I mean, think about this. It's like January 11th, and they're going all the way to Mania with Crush. They did have a long feud. Yeah. yeah. And Doink got the better of him, man. He had the two Doinks. Mm-hmm. I just remember as a kid being completely, like, baffled how they did the two Doinks. Like, how could they have possibly What's gotten that? Yeah. there? Like, I always thought that Doink would be such a prankster, and then when he, whenever you have to get serious, he'd get, like, super demonic. <laughs> and he would have some great matches too. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like low key Matt, Matt the MVP Bourne, of some of these early episodes of Raw. If you watch Matt Bourne's stuff, like uh, what was it? Was he in World Class or something? Like it was one of those territories. He is, he's a hand dude. He can go in the ring. Yeah, sure. He was just. It's got. It's almost like Eugene, one of the best technical wrestlers. Nick Dinsmore, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. That's interesting. Was, you yeah. know, put with this weird character that didn't allow him to do that. You know, so kind of funny how that worked. And then we're going off the air here. Bobby Heenan still not let in. <laughs> what a great little thread on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So that's it, dude. That's the first episode of Monday Night Raw. It's not three hours long. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what are your uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, closing thoughts on the first episode of Monday Night Raw. Go ahead, Tommy. I think I think they did a really great job in 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 kind of being able to introduce everyone. You know, you had your hot heels they were introducing with Yokozuna, Razor Ramon, mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels. Um, and then at the end, then in doing so, I mean, you know, you then had your tag team they were premiering there with the Steiner brothers and showing them off, and then all leads up to Undertaker and it lets that's you know like hey this guy's gonna be the standard bearer of the WWE uh you know for for the foreseeable future and who would have known that him and Sean would, would be kind of you know joined at the hip here mm-hmm. many 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 years and uh you know eventually you know we'd retire Sean but you know I thought it was an easy watch you know there wasn't any match on there that was a five-star classic but at the same time you'd then be prepared for the good matches like Sean and Marty that's coming up two weeks from now in the Royal Rumble you know yeah so, uh, I like it. I think that these types of sh- these types of shows uh, were good because they get you ready for things. Yep, I agree. Yeah, they really highlighted what they needed to highlight, and it was good. It was fun. Like you said, no five star classics, but every match there was fun. It was good. It was it told a story, you know, uh, and it did what it needed to do. It, it, even the, you know the people that went over also got over. They didn't just win, you know. They actually got over there, so that's pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, it yeah. did what it was supposed to do. It got the talent over, and it, and it made you want to buy the pay per view. I mean, yep. they're, they're not trying to impress you with with great matches on that night. They're they're trying to make stars 
uh, and, and that's what they did a great job of doing. And it it is interesting. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, two of these guys that are going to carry the company for the next 20 years. Here they yeah. are on, in, in its infancy on the show. That, that's pretty neat to look back at that. So, uh, yeah, we thank you guys for listening to us as we uh, took this little detour to talk about this iconic moment and milestone in the Undertaker's career. And uh, we sincerely appreciate Watch Along Tommy for being on the show and joining us finally on the show. Um, Tommy, why don't you tell everybody how they can connect with you and follow you? Tell them uh, where to find your YouTube channel and how they can see all that great stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I'm you know, really starting to kind of ramp things back up on the YouTube channel now that I, uh, you know, my daughter's about nine months now. So, you know, knock on wood, maybe getting a little more free time here and there and so um i uh my youtube channel is youtube.com slash watch along wrestling uh we have a great time on there i've been incredibly blessed uh, i have a little over a thousand followers and subscribers now which uh for me was something i just didn't think would ever happen uh so uh you know change things up a little bit i definitely like to do some some live vlogs on there there's one uh going nxt takeover 25 uh royal rumble weekend in uh 2019 I have my entire vlog from WrestleMania 12, 35 weekend uh, back in New York, which is a seven-day vlog. Um, so lots of vlogs. Hopefully, we'll be able to actually go to live shows again sometime right. soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, and again, and just lots of uh, you know re- retrospectives. Uh, we have a 10-year coming up. Me and my buddies who went to the Royal Rumble 2011. Uh, Royal Rumble nice. 27. Maybe uh, maybe you guys can come on with me and and, and chop it up about uh, WrestleMania yeah. 7. Absolutely. 10 year anniversary about that so uh lots of fun stuff and as i said i mean just got uh you know we're doing all the these dvds of 2002 and plan is to kind of watch them in real time and review all these old shows and uh hopefully you guys will will join but uh it's youtube.com slash watch along wrestling and you can find me on twitter at uh, watch along tommy and uh i try to go on there from time to time and it's uh it's a good time so definitely uh, if you uh you know if you've heard about me here definitely give me a shout I uh, believe you did some stuff on the last ride, or or, or you uh, you did some Undertaker reviews on there recently, if I'm not yep, mistaken. So, yeah, uh, so I did. Uh, re- so uh, I did a review on the Brothers of Destruction piece that's that right. out yeah. there, yeah. as well as the Paul Bear documentary. Uh, my brother-in-law and I unboxed the Undertaker urn, uh, the old the, yes. the foam urn. It's uh, over over my shoulder, cool. if you can see it over there. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so we did that, and um, I am in the process. I'm going to be uploading probably over the weekend uh, a unboxing of the Undertaker box set that just mm. came out for 30th years, 30 years uh, box set too. So uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I like I, I enjoy, and I love hearing other people's stories too. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love your guys' show. I love your one of my favorite episodes you guys uh, ever did was the uh, your look back at the December to Dismember. Uh, <laughs> that was just such a fun show, and I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff I just I eat all that up. I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. great. You know, the December to Dismember. I think Alex went to the uh, press yep. conference. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that was, uh, mm-hmm. those those are great shows. So yeah, I mean that that to me I think that's what makes wrestling fun, and uh, that's you know I invite folks to watch along and really come along to all these adventures that hopefully we'll be able to, to continue on, uh, you know, in the coming months. 
That's awesome, man. Well, we, we encourage all of our listeners to go follow you on Twitter and on YouTube uh, and, and join you for those journeys. Uh, I enjoy watching all your content, and we have so very much enjoyed you sharing all your stories with us. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, we hope there are more to come as we close out this podcast, and we thank you for being along for the ride. Uh, we want to thank all you listeners out there uh, as we continue rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. And we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled uh, series of matches next week as we do hit you with WrestleMania 34. We were supposed to hit you with it last week. Uh, we had technical difficulties. So I uh, appreciate all you listeners being patient with us. Uh, I know the last couple episodes did not sound up to our standards. And uh, last week we had to re-air a, uh, a different podcast in our place. But I was able to get everything adjusted on my end. So this week's episode should sound normal and uh, we should be able to get back to our business. So we're going to get to Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania 34 next week on the pod. And I just want to hit a couple uh, other notes before we end things here tonight. Um, I do want to mention that the Undertaker won a couple of slammies uh, last week. Uh, that we can now get to talk about. Uh, incredible. In his 30th year, I believe he won yeah. three Slammy Awards three. for uh, Match of the Year, Moment of the Year, and then was it Best uh, Network Special? WWE or? Network, Network Documentary of the Year. Yeah. Something like that. For incredible, right? And well-deserved for all those, I believe. Yeah, and I just, you know, blown away how it's him and AJ that won Match of the Year. I mean, you would have, if you'd have looked at this night, we just watched Raw. January 11th, 93. If you'd have told me almost 28 years later that guy in the main event was going to have the match of the year, I would have called you an idiot. But he did. Not because I didn't like him, but I was like, this guy won't be around in 28 years to have a match of the year. But he freaking did. And yeah, it was against the phenomenal AJ Styles. They didn't get to go in the ring like we know they can. They had to do a cinematic match with the Good Brothers. And it was just, it was awesome. And they won. That was the best match of the year, in my opinion. It was fantastic. I loved it. I voted for it. Alex voted for it. All of our creatures of night voted for it. Thank you guys for voting for it. We are so glad he won that. So It's crazy to think that happened in April. Like, yeah, how <laughs> they pivoted so quickly and so well at the beginnings mm-hmm. of this of this pandemic and all these changes and we're able to produce something like that and honestly there has not been a cinematic match that has lived up to that like they no. kind of peaked at that moment yeah that match was a lot of fun i thought it was just uh, and it was what we all needed i feel like at the time like, yeah it was absolutely going on and, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool. And uh, I, I personally am a huge AJ Styles fan. I'm glad that yeah. he got made, yeah. made it into WrestleMania, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it will probably, at this point, it will go down as Undertaker's final match, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really awesome to see that. Uh, I want to shout out another podcast real quick. I, I shared this with you, Travis. Um, they are at Takermania Pod on uh, Twitter, and I think it's the same thing on Instagram. So, so normally I would not, you know, if there were if there were somebody kind of doing our same gimmick, I wouldn't want to shout them out. But this is this is a Spanish podcast dedicated <laughs> to the Undertaker's career, uh, and uh, they followed us. Uh, I followed them back. I have not spoken with them, but this is the um, podcast in Espanol dedicado a la carrera de 
The Undertaker. So <laughs> I have not listened to it. I have not communicated with them, but that is a real thing, folks. So we now have a Spanish spinoff of Talking Taker. What did uh, Eddie Guerrero call him? El Hombre de Muerto. El Hombre Muerto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were backstage. But then right. when he walked through, when him and uh, Booker were backstage, Taker just walked by. El Hombre Muerto. El Hombre Muerto. Yeah, so, yeah, shout out to those guys covering El Hombre Muerto. Good luck. So, yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to thank. Uh, uh, my parents for some wonderful Christmas presents. Uh, they gave me, um, I'll show it to you guys. I'll post a picture on our social media, but they gave me a notebook for my podcast notes with our logo it is. printed on there, oh, wow. which was uh, so thoughtful of my mom yeah. to do that. Uh, and, I, and I took notes for tonight's episode in there. So that was a great gift. And um, Travis, you dropped off, uh, you got an extra copy of The Last Ride. DVD, and yeah. uh, you you graciously donated it to, and gifted it to me, along with your other Christmas gifts you got me, so I appreciate you on that. And uh, I appreciate Randy Turco, frequent listener and a former guest of the show. He got an extra Undertaker um, Decade of Domination figure that Walmart sent him when he ordered it, and he passed it along to me for my collection. Uh, Sweet. So thank you to Randy for that. And Travis, you have a little gift. That... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Your parents also got you another present. Oh, they got me another present. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they got me. Uh, hold, on, hold on, guys. One second. I'm, I'm gonna go grab <laughs> right. it and show it. Yes. Okay, go grab it and show Talk it. Talk amongst He'll yourselves. He'll post it. He'll post this on Instagram. I, he sent me this text on Christmas, and uh, it was it, it not me, not me for a loop. I was like, oh no, they didn't. This is great. So. We talked about it recently on the podcast. Um, Stone Cold uh, mispronounced it, so there oh, it is. Oh wow! <laughs> Cabernet Sauvignon Undertaker <laughs> Limited Edition. Wine. A little bit of the bubbly. That's awesome, folks. It is real. It is in my hands right now. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Uh, it is. Uh, we're gonna have to save it for a special occasion. Maybe the the last episode of the show, we might break this thing open and uh, and toast <laughs> to the dead man. But uh, it, it will be uh, it will be sitting on the shelf for a while. But it's incredible. So incredible Christmas gift. Uh, I did not get you that, Travis, but I uh, got you a little no. something in there. Yeah, I'll um, unbag this right now. You guys can hear me. I haven't pre-cut it or anything like Hulk Hogan's T-shirts when he ripped them. But I'm just <laughs> taking this out. Let's see what we got over here. Oh my word! This pair of Zubas? <laughs> no, it's not word. just any pair of Zubas. <laughs> Holy crap! Taker Zubas? Oh my <laughs> word! Dude, look at that. SP symbol. Holy cow, dude! We just were laughing about the Zubas on exactly. Wow. How perfect! And is I that? got him right here. What a perfect gift, dude! Wow, I would... that's awesome. Dude, I am rocking these I this mean, weekend. You, you need some dad pants. Those are I some do. dad pants yeah. right there. These are extraordinary. <laughs> these are probably one of the best gifts I got all Christmas. This is amazing, <laughs> dude. Thank you so much. I hope right, you enjoy will, them. And you know what? You know what you can do in these? Take her easy for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, you got room for that. <laughs> ain't nothing getting to you when you're wearing these pants. Absolutely not, take man. Enjoy those. Dude, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of those. Look at that. 
That's insane. Wow, that is awesome. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas oh, to you, Travis. Um, happy New Year to me. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Start the um, year off right. <laughs> would you like to uh, plug your uh, your music real quick before we go off the air? Well, sure. If you guys want to check me out, it's uh, Instagram, uh, uh, Travis White Music on Instagram. And then uh, my let's see, just my regular Facebook. And then uh, I have a YouTube. If I can get 100 subscribers, I'll have my own YouTube channel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you guys want to subscribe on there, we, Alex keeps posting it on our social media. So check it out. It may not be for all of you, but I'd really appreciate the subscribers. Again, you don't have to listen to it. It doesn't matter. But if I can get subscribers, I can get my own, my own URL, and I'd really appreciate that. But I hope you will check it out, and uh, maybe it'll you know mean something to you. But if not, no worries, and I'll keep putting stuff like Take It Easy on here that we uh, put on last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And it's on Spotify and Apple Music oh, yeah. and We're all that Spotify good stuff and Apple now. Music yeah, and Pandora and all those things. Yeah, my new CD is streaming on all those. Check it out. Uh, just Google Travis White Reflection. That's the name of the album. So my other one is on there as well too. But uh, That's yeah, exciting. check it out. Check it out. Yeah, Christmas gift to all my fans. I put it on there for free, so it's all good. Well, to- Tommy, once again, we appreciate you being on here. Uh, it's been the unexpected, uh, most awesome part of us doing this podcast is getting to meet. Mm-hmm fellow fans like yourself and getting to connect with you guys so uh it is uh an honor for us that you listen and that you want to join us and want to be a part of this so thank you so much for being here uh it's my pleasure guys thanks so much for having me i had an absolute blast i feel like we've been coming up on two hours it feels like it's been 20 minutes like it's been uh, been so uh i really appreciate it thanks again for for finding something for us to do it's it's been great yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, Travis, why don't you close us out? If you were there in the Manhattan Center on January 11, 1993, let us know. We want to hear from you. Uh, did you think that that guy in that main event was going to be winning match of the year 28 years later? So, Because I'm going to call you a liar if you, <laughs> if you thought that. But uh, anyway, hope you guys put on your pair of Zubas like I am and ring in the new year. Watch some taker matches. Go watch them. Um, that uh you know the Wyatt the Wyatts versus the Usos in the memory of Brody Lee or uh, Luke Harper whatever you want to call it so uh, may he rest in peace and uh, as always ladies and gentlemen happy New Year and take her easy. We are live from the streets of a chilly New York City, but it is about to get very hot here in Manhattan. Hello everyone, I'm Sean Mooney. A few minutes ago, it was a mob scene out here. Everyone braving the elements to be a part of Monday Night Raw. But now they're inside set for the action. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What? Bobby Heenan. I'm going in there. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, I am. You were replaced. I went replaced? Yes. uh, By who would replace me? Rob Bartlett. You're not uh, supposed to be in there. I don't care about Rob Bartlett. This is Monday Night Raw, live from New York City. That's right. And I've got to be in there to host it. No, no, you're not. No, no, no. You can't get in. I'm sorry. I can't get in. I can get in. I can buy a ticket. No, there are no tickets left. I'm not quite sure what is going on. Apparently, a security guard has detained a woman here. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. What seems to be the problem here? Your nephew? You're Rob Bartlett's. Yes, I'm I'm his aunt. He's my nephew. He's my. Yes, I have to go in there and see him. I'm sure we can straighten this all out. We could probably go into uh, the the will call. Wait, Wait a minute. Bobby Heenan. 
There is no more room inside, but the word is out. These folks are lining up to get tickets for next week's Monday night WWF Raw. Excuse me, sir, sir. I, I just, I just want to, I just want to ask you a question. Are you getting your tickets for next week? Get in line. Yes, I got to get inside. There. I got to see. I got to back. What's the problem? I got to see my my nephew. His name is Ron Bartlett. You have a relation. Yes, I'm Uncle Morty Feldman. He needs me inside. I got to go now. I ran into your wife earlier. Wait a minute. I've got to go inside. You mind? I have to. He's got the tickets for me for tonight for the raw on discount. He's got the discount. He's a good bagel. He's a good boy. Wait a minute, Uncle Morty. You seem to be having a little problem here with your beard, Bobby Heenan. Okay, you know. I gotta get inside. I gotta. I'll go. Anyways.